Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Cook, and it's um, a World of Ink special today on PTSD, which is a subject, if you don't know about it, you will be hearing about it much more because, unfortunately, a lot of people have had this, and a lot of people um, that you might be knowing may have this, and you just don't know what it's called. So we will, And we have an author on who has written her story, and it's Peggy Griswold. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But Angela Records Campbell, the reviewer that has been on many times and reviewed Peggy's book, will be on later. Um, she'll be joining us sometime in the afternoon. And let's see, I have a. Um, well, I did say I was going to do no more shows, so I'm back. It was two days already. So, but I so far I think I'm taking off for the next two weeks. But uh, I would like to say some exciting news. I do have my uh, Grand Central Station will be on an audio book coming out soon. And uh, Shang Guitar has, um, I found her on ACX, which I'll talk about just for a second. And she'll be, she was reading uh, the Grand Central Station. And it, it sounds really great. It's not out yet. I'm listening to all the chapters of it. And um, I'll tell you, I, I think, you know, I've talked about that with Randall when he was on, that Randall Dark was on the other day, and the audio books are really, they're really good because there are a lot of people that actually can listen to a book and it, comprehend it more than they can by reading it. I'm one of them. And uh, it's a really good thing, ACX, and you can go on in, put, you can go on there and you put your book, Amazon owns it, and you put your book for review, and if somebody comes up, there's a lot of different voices that um, you can have, and you somebody picks your book, and then they read it, um, you know, and then it's available on the audiobooks. I have mine in the children's, which I've mentioned many times, but the kids aren't listening as much. But for the adult books and for uh, memoirs and um, drama, fiction, everything. Uh, it's really, if you don't know what ACX is, look it up because it really is. You know, they have a membership, but I think it's also less of a membership when you have membership when you have the Amazon, you know, membership. But it's a great way to listen to books, and um, I, I actually have it on my phone, the ACX, and then I can hear it wherever I am. So enough about that. But it's going to be good, and it's exciting. It sounds good, so I will, you know, post it on my websites and um, we'll do it on world of ink but i want to get to the show and uh, i talked to peggy last night we talked a lot about this and um 
Her story is quite unique. Um, she's a wonderful caregiver and a wife, and so I'm going to let her come on and say what, you know, her story. And it's the name of the book is No One Gets Left Behind, and it's on Amazon, and uh, it's on Lulu, and um it will, I'll put it on our, I, I think I actually did already, I'll probably put the link on on our um, World of Ink so you'll be able to find it. And uh, it's in Kindle form also, and it's in paperback. So let's get on with this and let's talk to Peggy. Hi, Peggy. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Last night when we talked, it was late, and then I went on, and I'm thinking, oh, I have all this energy, and I'm putting on the show, and I'm posting it, and it's like 2.30, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know why I'm not tired. And then I happened to look at the coffee that I was drinking. I thought it was decaf, but it wasn't, and I'm thinking it was Starbucks. <laughs> you know, I love Starbucks coffee. I thought it was a decaf, and I take a look, and it's not Starbucks. It's not decaf, it's Starbucks, and I wasn't tired, so I kept going, and I kept posting it all over, and uh, so I did go a little crazy posting it all over, but I was up, and I'm wondering, mm, I'm not tired today, this is really good, I felt like I was never getting tired again, but I did eventually fall asleep. Right, so, okay, Peggy, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, because it was very interesting talking to you last night. Well, um, I... I'm a housewife, um, but I'm also a caregiver. Um, let's see. Well, you There's are nothing, a caregiver. I mean, that comes. You know, you didn't start out this way. You know, to be a caregiver. Yeah, that's you know, true. it just. That's true. Uh, you didn't. You, right. It turned out this way. Uh, how many years were you married when you then you found out that you needed to do a lot more than you thought you'd have to do as a wife? Well, um, I used to work for the Postal Service, and I worked for them for 16 years. And um, I met my husband in 2006, and, um, you know, we had this whirlwind romance and became a couple right away. And um, as I was getting to know him, I noticed that there were things kind of not right with him. And um, this was after, uh, I I should say that he spent 20 years in the Army, so obviously he's a combat veteran. Yes. Um, And he also... Which, at that time, you didn't think anything of that. You know, I mean... No, no. 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 You had no idea, which, you know, would be the case. Yeah, I wondered if maybe he would have problems because of being in Iraq. And um, like I said, as I was getting to know him, I was noticing things that weren't quite right. And so I was asking his friends, is this just his personality or is this because of Iraq? And they said, no, this is not his personality. You know, this is because of Iraq. And... um, He also went to Louisiana in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina. Um, He was there on a peacekeeping mission. And uh, so between the two situations, he now has severe PTSD. And um, the VA has rated him as being 100% totally disabled. Which means yeah, and that you, you were mar- you were married already though. I mean, you started going. You didn't 
you were married by the time you sensed it, or did you sense it before? I sensed it before. Um, we got married in 2012. Okay. So, you know, like I said, as I was getting to know him, I was noticing that things were not right with him, but I stayed yeah. anyway. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until about six months ago that I realized I'm not going to be able to work a full-time job and take care of him at the same time. Yeah. And so I left my job with the Postal Service and became a full-time caregiver. And I think, you know, in the book it shows, you know, some of the symptoms that, you know, um, the which a lot of the symptoms, you know, could be, depression other other things other than PTSD and it wasn't so easy for them to diagnose uh, when I was reading the book and you kind of knew there was so much more wrong and they didn't know it I think now they know a little bit more but not enough probably but there are certain groups which I've talked to you about you know last night we did discuss you know because there are and there's also people with PTSD that haven't served so the symptoms oh oh, uh, Do you want to go over some of the symptoms that you you know that were unusual and weren't going away under any circumstances? Sure. Um, the biggest ones I noticed about him is um, one of the number one symptoms of PTSD is called hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. That means that you are not able to relax and. In my husband's case, his name is Bill, by the way. Um, yes. In Bill's, in Bill's case, he will pace the house, and it means that he's checking his territory to make yeah. sure that everything is okay. Um, he is. Do you think he looks at it like it's a territory? You mean he looks, you know, that it's not just a house; it's more. Than a house. Oh to yeah, him. it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is his territory. Yeah. Um, another big one is he does not have a circadian rhythm, meaning that you know normal people go to sleep when it's dark and they wake up yeah. when it's light, and he doesn't have that. He just stays awake until he gets exhausted, no matter when that is. And then he sleeps until he's no longer tired. So I noticed that he would be awake for two days at a time. Wow. Which which in um, itself makes you cranky, too, when you need sleep. I mean, without even knowing it, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. They they do say sleep has such an important – that's why it's interesting you're saying that the first thing that you – is the sleeping part. Because if you don't sleep – your body doesn't get any time to rest, which is makes yeah. everything else off kilter. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one I noticed in him was having nightmares. Yeah. Um, that's that's a tough one. Does he have that yeah. every night, or is it sporadic? No. 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 In his case, in his case, uh, routine is very important to him. And as long as things, yeah, as long as things are routine and they don't change and he knows what to expect, he doesn't have nightmares. But um, 
the worst one he ever had was when we, because we're originally from Indiana, and then we moved to Kansas um, seven years ago. And the first night that we were in the new place in Kansas, he had a screaming nightmare. Yeah. And it, 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 yeah, it terrified him and me too. Yeah. And see that but, like in a new surrounding, but probably, you know, and, and probably from the routine, I mean, when you're in the military, they have a routine. Oh yeah, and they follow it, you know. And I know from a, a, I, you know, years ago, I had somebody in the office that was working there, and her husband, and he always, you know, the um, everything was on a routine. You know, when they were going on a trip, they were ready at a certain time. When they were eating, you know, it's because if you're in, you know, in any form of the military, that you are in a routine every day. Yeah, and so I think that would be, you know, that for him and a normal thing, you know, just to be routine of everything, which is hard for you yeah. to live under that. Because sometimes well, you, you, you know, sometimes you vary. Everybody does. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've come to like routine too. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Because. Right. Well, not yes. Certainly now. Yes. That you know this. Right. So you know what to expect, yeah. how your day is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a long day, and I'm also- sure, for you. Uh, about 12 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you figure, too, in a combat situation, they have no idea what to expect. Yeah. And so that's why routine is so important to him. Yeah. But um, another symptom that I noticed in him was he isolates himself. And what I mean by that is he has to have his safety zone. Yeah. And in our in our house, he has his it's own the den. Room. It's the den, you said? Was, was yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the den, the den, the man cave, whatever you want to call man it. Cave, but right, right. That, that is his safety zone. And he, it's so important to him that he has trouble leaving the house. Yeah. Because he I would think so, right? Okay. He doesn't have his all his things, right? Yeah. Do you get out? Do you get out much, or how does that work for oh, you? Oh yeah, you do. Oh yeah, I run. I run all the errands, and um, my daughter doesn't drive, so I take her back and forth to work, and so yeah, I get out every day. Yeah. So you have a you do have a routine you just don't realize it maybe because you have other yeah. people's routines. I mean that's what yeah. you have. But that's what happens yeah. in caregiving, you know, and sometimes yeah. you know uh, I I did caregiving with my mother and you are in a routine that you don't realize until I in my case you know when I didn't do it anymore um then I realized I I tried to think how I actually fit everything in and worked in the same day. You know, and then because you look back and you go, like, how could they fit all that in? You know, because it is a lot of things in. Because a lot of people don't have a routine like you do and a life like that. And so you are pretty, because you have people counting on you, uh, even with your daughter, yeah. if you're driving her too. Exactly. I mean, when I was working 40 hours a week and driving my daughter everywhere she needed to go and, you know, doing all the errands and plus there were household things that needed to be done. I have no idea how I did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I you just the days just go on, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and you all, you also mentioned some things that you know he stockpiles food and things like that in his room in the den. Yes, yes. He, so he um, has all his things. Yeah, in case <coughs> anything happens. See, yeah, he's prepared. And, yeah, and I I don't know if that comes from his army training or yeah. if it comes from the PTSD. Yeah. Well, it's probably but, a little bit of both, yeah. probably, because, yeah. you know, uh, if he was in for 20 years, you know, I mean, there were probably situations where they might not have had food or water, and so he wants to make sure that doesn't happen again. I'm sure that sounds like to me, you know, because, yeah. I mean, we could sit here saying that, but we we'll, we don't really know. You know, when you're in those situations, I don't think people realize what the military entails. I mean, it's it's a tough place to be. I mean, you know, it's... You know, you are routined, you don't know what's going to happen, and then, you know, in a case like this, you come home with this, and nobody knows what you have, and then until they figure it out, it's so hard for the person probably, or even to admit, because they don't probably think there's anything wrong. They don't, you know, this is their life. Denial is another aspect of PTSD, too. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. And when we were going through the entire um, process of getting him diagnosed, he had to go through three doctors to get yeah. diagnosed. And um, and what year was it, that? I think it was not, it was. This was it in was, 2011. Uh, Right, right. So there. I mean, so I'm I'm hopeful that five five years or five and a half years, six years later, they would know much more about this, which I do think they do, because you yeah, hear a lot more about it, this. Yeah, hopefully you know, it won't take three doctors now, but yeah, too um, well. You never know if you get the right doctor that knows, because you went through a few of them, and you know, I mean, yeah. I am sure for him it's hard to open up. It doesn't happen yeah. just like that. Yeah, because they don't want to talk about what's going on, and yeah. the family the family doesn't want to talk about what's going on either because yeah. we, like me in particular, I didn't want anybody looking at him as being crazy or, you know, she married another guy that won't work or, yeah. you know, I just, knew all, I just knew all these bad things that people were probably thinking about him and none of them were true because I was the one that was insisting to the doctors that he has PTSD. If and well, what did they say to you? It? I mean, I, I read the, you know, that in the book, and they didn't seem to know what it was, though. I mean, so which is, you know, I don't know what they were, could be. I mean, I there's they had no idea. So I mean, you know, what he had until you kept saying it. Yeah, one doctor tried to say that he's lactose intolerant. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Thinking, how did that happen? I, you know, I mean, exactly. you know, well, they say things like that, you know, with allergies. You know, I mean, they with people have allergies, they have that, but they don't do a lot of this. This is not, this yeah. is, you know, allergies are allergies, and this is much more, you know, this affects everybody around. Yeah. So it's not just the person, you know, that has yeah. this. And another doctor tried to say that, uh he does have PTSD, but it's from something that happened in his childhood. 
And it wasn't until the third doctor when I was getting tired and he was getting tired. And I said to the third doctor, you know, if you want to know what's really going on, you need to ask me because he's not going to tell you anything. Yeah. And right. so between between what I had to say and the little that he had to say, the doctor said, well, this is a no-brainer. He has PTSD, and he got it from Iraq. Now, when you were talking about this, were you talking about it with the doctor while he was in the room or when he wasn't in the room? Yes. Yes, while he was there. In the room. Yeah, in the room. Yes. Because that's hard to do. Yeah. But thankfully, he trusted me enough to speak for him on his behalf. Yeah. That that's is, that's a big that's a big a very, thing yeah, for him to let you do that, right? Because instead of walking yeah. out of the room he list you know, so that means he wanted to get help himself. But he yeah. just couldn't express it. Yeah. Because you know, and some doctors, cry. you know, they got the hand on the door and they're ready to walk out the door before you're finished. Which is never yeah. a good thing. You know. Mm-hmm. And when they sit and actually talk to the person and you get the right person to talk to, <clears throat> then it can work. Yeah. But it's not that yeah. easy to get that person that understands what you're going through. Because people always go yeah, like, oh, yes, I understand. But Well, this is the VA, too, and these are all civilian doctors that yeah. have never been in the military, but yet they're treating and diagnosing, you know, a, a combat illness. So really? That was that's why, interesting. That, that, that was, That's very interesting that they had yeah, that's, didn't do any service themselves. Yeah, that was another reason why he went there not trusting anybody. Because, yeah. you know, he said he said these people are civilians. What do yeah. they know? Well, they couldn't possibly yeah. know what what he went through. You know, I mean, that's yeah. really true. And only another person that had served, I really believe that's probably you're probably very right about that. I do see, you know, in I saw that you have, you know, some reviews um and hopefully you'll get more reviews because people will read this and see that this is a problem that um, that they have in their family because a lot of the the people that wrote the reviews, you help them. And that is tremendous because yeah, maybe they didn't really, realize it. I was really shocked at the people that um, I didn't realize that they may be suffering with something or they have a family member who's suffering or or so on, and I gave them the book and asked them to read it and give me their review on it. And yeah. they came back and they came back and said, you know, I had no idea yeah. that this was going on, or I didn't know that I had these symptoms and until I read your book. And, and we should probably add for people, because this will be going out archived and people will be listening to this, it, it's not always just people in the military. So, you know, oh, no. this is not just a military book, because this is actually about the disease, you know, um, and that is really what people, when they're reading it, they might recognize some things that they didn't know. Yeah, just because he got it from a combat situation doesn't make him any different than someone who's been abused or someone who's been raped or yeah. um, 
gosh, you know, I, I can't think of any more examples right now. But well, there are because so, you know, a bad experience. You know, I mean, even you know, yeah. a traumatic divorce, a, a traumatic death. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, there are so many things that people don't understand that when other people, you know, it, it everything doesn't affect everybody the same way. So sometimes yeah. when somebody is upset about a divorce, someone say like, well, I got divorced. I got divorced three times. But that doesn't mean anything because the other person could be suffering inside over the abuse that they had over the years they were married and verbally. It's not always, you know, that somebody was harmed, It's but it's harmed emotionally that can, this is what this disease is it's an emotional type of you know disease where you are affected in everything you do it just doesn't go away when you see a funny movie it's not going to change no i feel you know and i'm not a doctor but i feel that anytime you're in a situation where you are afraid it yes. could open the door to it could open the right. door to PTSD. Right, and and scared. Right, when you said scared last night when we were talking, that that makes sense because there are people, you know, women in shelters, you know, they 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 can't be at home. They're scared, and if it goes unnoticed, it can probably ruin their life if they don't get help for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It. I I said in my book that PTSD is a nasty beast. Yeah. And that's why that's why the book is called No One Gets Left Behind, because it doesn't affect just the person who has it. It affects everybody around that person. Now, now his and family, it, you say he has, you know, I, I'm one of the uh, I'm, in one of the chapters you talk about that he doesn't talk too much to his family. He doesn't he ignored them at times. Yeah, because that's another way that he isolates himself. He goes through stages where he just doesn't want to talk to anybody and they don't understand that. And that, that breaks my heart because yeah. he needs those he needs those people. Yeah. And and but do they are they in I his life now? Are they in his life now or Yeah, I mean they're hanging on. They know that yeah. something's wrong with him and they're trying to be understanding but they don't really truly understand. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, hopefully there'll be more be... documentaries. I mean, hopefully you said there, you know, there's a documentary that uh, might be coming out. Hopefully, if they get all the funding. Yeah. The weight sometime, of honor. You said uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sometime in 2017, there is an independent uh, documentary that should be coming out. It's called The Weight of Honor, and it is about military caregivers and what they go, what they go through. And because they just um, they got a hold of a, a group of caregivers and just interviewed them on what their life is like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think that, you know, you know it's, it's kind of shocking in a way that people don't recognize this because even if you watch some of the old movies, that people were, you know, they came back from the war. I mean, these are very old movies. However, that's what they had, and they didn't have a name yeah. for it. You know, I yeah. think it's one of them comes to mind, like the best years of our lives. I think that's the movie. I'm not sure, but I think it is. And I think a lot of those older movies, there's several other movies. I, I, I can only remember one. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like 
uh, Captain Newman or something. I mean, it was about that. And and uh, Bobby Derry. This is so old, these movies, but they're on TV, you know. And yeah. uh, I think some of the stations, the old stations, have a lot of those movies. And in those movies, they show this, but they don't, yeah. it's not called that. It's just like they're stressed, and but they do know where it comes from, from being in uh, horrific situations during a war. Yeah. And like one of the people that you uh, that uh, reviewed your book, her husband was uh, in Vietnam. So she, yeah. you know, and she probably, and, and then for, they didn't really call it. I don't know if they called it that. They just, I don't know what they said, you know. They uh, called because, it, they, what'd they say? Excuse me. They called it battle fatigue or yeah, shell shock. Okay. Yeah, or, shell shock, right. Shell shock yeah. is one I, I heard. But, I mean, and I don't even think people understood that. But And then you also said no. in the book that his memory, you know, he, yeah. if he, you know, he doesn't have his memory like he used to. Yes. Um, I, okay, for example, he went and got um, his wisdom teeth pulled out. And I went back in the um, exec, you know, the procedure room with yeah. him, uh-huh. and you know, the doctor kind of looked at me a little funny, like, you know, why, why am I here? And I explained yeah. to the doctor that he has PTSD, and whatever aftercare instructions you give to him, he won't remember. Right. Which, you know, a a lot of people, I will say, because we haven't worked for doctors for 20 years, you know, it's not a bad idea for people to write things down. Because I know when I worked in the pediatric office, the doctors would write it down because it does happen to a lot of people. And I'm certainly that doctors don't recognize the fact that sometimes you walk out of the office and you go like, I really don't know what they said. Yeah. So, and I think that's always good that people do go with. And I think that if you told them that he has this, did the doctors know what that was? They had to have known, right? No, honestly, you told them, he, they didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't seem like he was familiar with it. But uh, I explained I, I, to the that, This is that's what's shocking to me is that yeah. in this day and age, you know, even five years ago, that they don't know what this is. I mean, I. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's why probably, you know, I had mentioned to you about the Fisher House. I do think that they do that. So, you know, if you could check that out. And I, I think I went on it last night because I do think that you, you don't hear them talk about it as much as they should. But mm-hmm. I think people really need to hear about this because this could be happening in their own backyard and not know it. Especially well, like, if their husbands came back from some, you know, from a tour. Yeah. Well, like we talked about last night when I said that um, a few years ago, the statistic was that 1.5 million people are disabled because of Iraq and Afghanistan. And disabled means mentally or physically. Yes. But, uh, yeah, 1.5 million. And there's probably more than that now. And oh, I'm sure. I'm I, sure. And this is this is this is the thing. If this is the most shocking thing for me, that people still aren't, you know, in like Dennis, they should know. I mean, I you you would think that they would. And, and I think Angela's here, so I think we'll let her in. Oh, okay. Hi, Angela. Is that you? Yes. Hey. Hello. How are you? 
we're having a conversation here, but I'm glad you're here. Do you want to just tell everybody just who you are and how you – actually, you're the one that told me about Peggy's book. So, And then we'll get out. You can join our conversation, but I want them to know how I, we got into this because you mentioned it to me. So, and you did a book review and editing. Um, well, you no, didn't do a book did review because you you didn't, didn't do a book review because you started edited. as a review, right? It it started as a review, um, and then I ended up doing the editing. And you mentioned it to me, and you know, it, I, I feel it's a really strong subject that people. And as we're talking about right now, and, I mean, the fact that people don't know about this, it really needs to be out there more. So I'm hoping people, when they're listening, will, you know. Um, I mean, the book is very interesting, and it does say a lot of the, you know, the signs to look for that maybe people will be able to help somebody else if they see it, you know, mm-hmm. and not think that the person is just depressed. I mean, a lot of the symptoms do look like that, but there's more to it. You know, sometimes you're depressed for a reason. You know the thing the thing that really attracted me to Peggy's book on on top of of course that is a subject that's not really talked about um, right. is is just how honest she is it is yeah. so it's so genuine and she she talks about a lot of the things that people are scared to talk about because yes. they're you know a lot of them that are dealing with it do still come from that era of what happens in the house stays in the house. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that, and I think that when when that happens, you know, you really that's the you need more than ever for people to come out and talk about this because this is, you know, as Peggy said, how many people you know have this, and but and then there's how many people that nobody knows have this, you know, that's the other thing, you know, and or you know or or you know being a caregiver, which Peggy is, I mean, you know. This is a traumatic thing for a life. So, Peggy, do you want to talk about anything else that's in the book? Because, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about on the air about this, about, you know, what you might, you know, because you were lonely. So I, I do you want to discuss any of that or that's up to you? Just, oh, you yeah. could say no. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, All right. Okay. So I'm, you were lonely. I'm an open book. <laughs> okay. Yes, you are. Well, yes, you are. Which is what what Angela is saying is very. It's a really wonderful thing that you came out with this because I think this will help a lot of people. Yeah. Well, what started me down this road was um, a friend of Bill's insulted me about Bill. She mm. said, uh, you know, because I was trying to explain to her that, you know, he's not having a very good time right now. You know, this is a bad time for him. And she says, well, his problems aren't my fault. And I thought, I thought, how dare you? You know, after everything he has been through, and if you had any clue of what it's like every day to deal with him, and, you know, I was just livid. But yeah. then once I, got, once I got over being angry, I yeah. realized, you know, she doesn't have any clue because I haven't allowed people to know what is going on. Well, you know, now you are, I, but now you are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how can I expect people to be compassionate when I have isolated myself too? 
Yeah, which which I think, you so, know, with what you're doing, I do think a lot of people would do the same. They may not want, because people, you know, they're, they, you know, it can be very cruel sometimes without knowing, you know, that yeah. anything about the facts. So you're giving them the mm-hmm. facts, but you're also saying, I mean, you've had times yourself when you are very lonely, and I think that, you know, oh, yeah. and you, you, you needed some friendship, so you found somebody to have friendships with. Do you want to talk about that well, a little? I I reached out trying to find other spouses that were dealing with the same thing, and I couldn't find any. And I tried reaching out to uh, organizations. And, I mean, anything that I could think of, I reached out for help, and I found out that there just is none. And so you I know, thought, are okay, there no Are there well, no self-help groups, I mean, with – for this in your area? I couldn't find any, no. You know, maybe, you know, I was thinking as I was reading this, maybe you should start one. You can probably well, talk to the hospitals. You know, you could probably talk to the hospitals in your area because if there isn't one, there should be. Yeah, that's why I sat down and decided to write the book because I thought, okay, I'm going to be as bluntly honest as I can be about what it's like to live with PTSD because that way maybe other people will come forward and say, you know, I'm living with the same thing, and I thought I was the only one. And the biggest thing that I'm really wanting to do with this book is um, the second half of the book is – teaching people what I have learned, not only keep my marriage together, but to keep it happy. Because it is it is actually possible to be happily married and live with PTSD. Which um, a lot of people not, might not know. For sure they don't know yeah. that. Well, they, yeah. you know, unfortunately they wouldn't stick around a lot of people. That's the thing. That yeah. shows your character. Because a lot of people and, won't. You know, they just leave. And that's really sad because, you know, there's the, the current statistic is that 22 veterans per day are committing suicide. And I wonder if part of that is because they've lost their family. Well, they're alone. Yes, you know, they, yeah. I, I don't know. Angela, you, you know, feel free to, you know, ask a question or if you want to just come in, you know, because we're not in the same room. So I don't know if, you, you know, if you feel like it just, you know. If you have anything you want to ask or say, just feel free. No, you're fine. I'm actually getting a lot of good information that I wasn't aware of as well. Okay. All right. Okay. So, you know, and – so and when we talked last night, we talked about you know maybe talking to some of the librarians because I think you know um, what I've been hearing is librarians are the people to talk to if you want your story to get out in every way, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for all writers actually, for authors, but and this certainly, you know, they don't have as many authors speak, but I think on a subject, you know, even if you started out with a small group at a library, I would tend to say that you would end up having a group started so a group discussion and I think the people that are I'm sure it also because there's a lot of women in the military I'm sure there's men that are going through this with their wives that's that's why I hesitate to say you know wives or right so both right anything pertaining to women because women definitely get this too 
you know, they're yeah. letting women in combat now. So Yes. So, and I think that, you know, if you start a, if you start a group, I would bet you will have people in that group in a matter of a couple months. Because if you don't have one there, they need one. And the hospitals are probably a good way to get it out because they have bulletin boards and things like that still. It's not all Internet-related, everything, because everybody isn't on the Internet uh, reading Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter all day long. They work. <laughs> and so I think that if you put, if you start at the hospital level, I think that you will have, you know, some support groups. That some support, you know, help from others because I think you know, it's not that people misery loves company, but it's it's about companionship and understanding. Which when somebody is going through what you're going through, they understand. Like I said before, it's like I could say I understand, but somebody that's really there and having it, they definitely understand. Yeah, and you'd help each other. Yeah. You know, that's, I think you have a lot of ways to go with this book as what you can do because I think that considering that as we're talking now, you find less people and less people know about this, and it's such an important subject that I think once you get the ball rolling, I mean, you just hit. And once you have that book, you will, you do. And that's why um, you have the book in your hand, and then you can go speak, and people will um, actually be helped by that. I hope and they so, may be afraid. Because well, they're probably afraid to say something. Sometimes people don't want to say things, you know. And like you're yeah. saying, and like Angela's saying, your honesty and your openness, you know. Um, I mean, you you have to have some bad days yourself. So I'm sure they oh. do too. <laughs> You've had, right. Oh well, well, of course. <laughs> and now that you're yeah. home, I mean, what do you do? What do you do for yourself that you know makes you? be able to handle all this because you have to do something for yourself. I have hobbies. Um, I like to craft things. Um, writing is very therapeutic for me. That's great. You know, I don't have, I don't have to write on the subject of PTSD, just writing anything right. is thera- yeah. therapeutic for me. Um yeah, and then we talked about we talked about yesterday doing a blog for you. I I think a blog for you would be wonderful because I think that you will get people that will be finding out about you from your blog. Mm. Because I, there okay. are so many people you know that have this in their family that I think they would be very interested to hear articles from you and other people that are going through this. Because mm-hmm. it's a really important subject, and you know, more and more people are coming, you know, out of the out of service, and they're having post traumatic. I mean, they they are. It's it's a yeah. it's not you know, and it's you know, I think uh, um, CBS, I think at um, sixty minutes had something, and I remember seeing a lot of these things. So I think if these if the networks would talk about these things more, which a lot of them do sometimes, but not as much as you'd think. Because and so many people coming back with it, and also as we said before, having it and haven't been in service. They're they're just, yeah. you know every, everyday people that have these symptoms. You mm-hmm. know. So what would you say to people? You know, to start looking. I mean, if their husbands come home from tour, maybe they can help them out at the beginning. What would you say would be you know some of the tougher signs that they need to get help right away? Um, 
You mean like if a spouse... For you, you right, for them. Right, right, what you had to go through that you go, no, this is not good. You know, this is not just okay. depression. Okay. Um, well, like I said, if, if uh, you notice that your loved one is pacing around or hypervigilant, you know, in some way or another, um, scares very easily, you know, very jumpy. Um, but anger is like a number one um, a number one symptom. That's the word I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, anger time. anger is a sign. That's not depression. That is probably leaning toward PTSD. And under no circumstances whatsoever should anyone tolerate domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah, I think so that's if, true. If you know, it, that's that, that's a yeah. definite. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, and and they need help right away for that. Yeah, if the loved one is feeling scared, you know, for any reason whatsoever, just demand that the person get some kind of help. Go to the VA. Yeah. Okay, because now, so you, you mentioned you mentioned about alcoholism in here, and, you know, uh, people, you know, they tend to turn to different ways to ease themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did yes. you survive this? Um, well, I'll just, like I said, I'm an open book. Um, yeah. There was a period of time for several months where I was drinking heavily. Because I just didn't know what to do. You know, I knew that he needed help, but he was refusing to get it. And then when he did get help, it really, the proper help, while they were trying to figure out how to help him. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. And uh, so I was so lonely and exhausted and... I had been dealing with it for probably about, I don't know, four years by this time. And so I just started drinking heavily and then got to the point where I realized, okay, you know, I'm in danger of being an alcoholic. Now, did he notice? I mean, did he know this or did he just was involved with himself that he did notice it? And what did he say to you? So what did he say? Um, he would make jokes about how much I was drinking and other people would make jokes about it. And I would just laugh it off, you know, I'm fine. I don't, I don't drink as much as, you know, at least I'm not falling down drunk or whatever, you know, but in the, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, you You knew you were in trouble. trouble. Yeah. 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 I mean, you write about this so honestly in the book, you know, I mean, and, you know, you're exposing yourself, which is, you know, always the best way for people to understand you, too, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. what's happening to them. And they may be suffering just like you are. And, you know, yeah. you, you, I mean, just the fact that you wrote this book shows that you're, you have a, a lot of focus because you can't write a book unless you're focused. You know, as much mm-hmm. as people would like to believe that, Angela knows you can't, you have to be focused to write a book. You know, and so you did write this. So any of the problems that you have didn't affect you 
as far as your stability because when you did this and and you're recognizing the fact that you now want to go out and speak and do things that would help other people also. So I I think you're doing very well. And I think you should be, you know, commended by, uh, you know, coming out and saying the truth because it's so hard to do this. And you did it. And you and by your reviews, like I yeah. said, you are you have helped people and they maybe didn't know about this. Well, that was my goal because I reached out for help and couldn't find any. And so I just realized, okay, you know, I may not be the answer, but I'm going to be some kind of help to somebody else. Right, right. You know, I you know, think it's we, not even that they'd be looking for the answer. Your help, your help to tell them that they need help. You are, that's what, by helping them to recognize what they need to do, is a big help. Yeah. And they're yeah. not alone because it really people don't want to feel alone. That's why I think I think even for yourself, I think once you start a little group of people, I think it's going to grow into a bigger group and I think that because it's shocking to me. It really is surprising that people do not get this. I I don't understand why they don't know this. Yeah. I mean, this is important. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's destroying oh. families. And that's really sad. And, you know, Marsha, another thing that really breaks my heart is that we are sending children to fight our wars. You know, we're sending 18, 19-year-old children. And then they come home after a year or so in combat, and they aren't even old enough to drink yet, and they're already dealing with PTSD. Yeah, you know, that's, they, that's they really that's to, that's the hardest part. The yes. and they their parents they maturity. won't know. I mean, you know, you're going to give service to your country, and you come back, and you come back not in the same way, which we all know that that is true. You know, they they yeah. can't possibly come back the same way because of what they see. You know, I mean, yeah. this is it's horrible. You know, and I think in part of the book. Uh, your husband mentioned that ghosts he feels like the ghosts of people's faces. Yeah, he said I see dead people, and yeah. I don't mean to make I don't mean to make fun of the the movie The Sixth. No, Sense. no, 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 no. It's not. But that's that, true because that's what he sees when he opens his eyes because that's what he yeah, remembers. He, yeah, he said I I see dead people, and I didn't understand what he meant by that, and he never did explain, but. Yeah. You know that, you know, and he's forty-eight years old. I can't imagine someone who is nineteen or twenty. Right. And you, but he was there twenty years. He was. I, I had a lot of tours. Yeah. I mean, twenty years is a long time. Yeah. To be there. Yeah. You know, and so I think that, you know, um, when you do send when young people are going, yeah, I think people aren't realizing that. And I, I, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, it's like. You know, war is such a bad word. It's such a sad word and bad. And so you wonder how all of this is in life. Why? Because lives are getting destroyed, or in, you know, from yeah. war. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. And one would think that someday we could have a peaceful life without people getting yeah. killed. Because we're sitting here talking, and people are getting killed while we're talking. Yeah, Afghanistan is still going on. You know, there's still troops in Afghanistan. Now, does he have any, now? Does and, your husband have any uh, 
feeling about that? Does he talk about that at all? What's going on now, or how he feels with the like you just mentioned? They're eighteen years old going in. He would like to get to the point where he can help people who have been there, because like I said, he's an older person. He's forty-eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these young people who are coming back from combat and, you know, trying to find their way and become civilians and have PTSD. And so he does want to do that. Old. So he do, that's a yeah, good start, he, don't you think? That's a yeah. start really toward healing, wouldn't you say? Healing I, in some I way? Think it, oh, I, I think, think it's it a good sign. It's a huge help for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it would be so good for him to talk to people that are going through this, you know, right at the beginning. So if he could help them at the beginning before it gets, you know, worse and worse when nobody realizes what it is. I'm shocked that they don't have military doc. The doctors are not from the military. This is surprising. So you, but, but yeah. at, the vet, at the VA hospitals and there <clears throat> are there doctors from military in, in the VA hospitals? In general, just like GPs or, you know, the general practitioner type, like you said, maybe they didn't understand about the war as much, but were, when they came back and they were doctors, do they work at the VA at all or not? I think in, because I'm in Wichita, Kansas, uh-huh. and I think um, the the VA hospital in Wichita is a regional hospital, which mm-hmm. means that it takes care of the entire state. Yeah. And I think... I think at that hospital, there is only one doctor that has combat experience. Angela, don't you find this shocking? I mean, it's, that that to me is amazing. It it is. It really is. You know, especially that there's there's no help. The help that they do have is limited. And Mm. nine times out of ten, it's usually not the help they need anyway. Yeah. Which yeah. is why we also have so many veterans that are that are homeless, and many yeah. of those do deal with PTSD. Oh, I I would bet. I and, and see that. Well, the fact to me that anybody that has served in our country is homeless is beyond. You know, I mean that is that should never be. You know, uh, there. You know, I, I, I watch. You know, my mother when she was ill, we watched Bold and Beautiful, which is her was her soap. Now I continued watching Bold and Beautiful, and they have touched on a lot of these issues, homeless, and in their show, going on the streets. But I can't remember anybody else doing anything like that. But they do. They go on and 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 talk to people, and you know, and in shelters, and they in real. I mean, it wasn't just like a show. It was they went to the real thing. You know, and I think that that would be a big help if people would see that people are homeless and their families have left them. And where are yeah. the Americans to help them? That 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 has to be that you know that has to be a number one issue, I think. And so I hope that changes. Yeah, you know, and the I fact that so there too. are no groups in your area is this is what's really shocking. And what's really shocking is in Kansas, there are three major military bases, but yet where are the spouses that are looking for help? Well, I think now that you have the book and you have, you know, 
to and you show that you are you know that you have focused on the issue that is an issue that should be you know helped i do think that you might make some difference that you don't even realize yet i hope but so if you no i think so if you you know and because once you have a book and somebody reads it and they could see how committed you are to you know what you've done and how you have stayed with your husband and made a life that mm-hmm. where other people might not have done the same thing. And maybe yeah. if people could hang in there if they understood what was wrong. Because eventually, I mean, they loved whoever the partner was, so maybe if they could understand more. Yeah, that's. I think that's a big mistake that families make when their loved one comes back from combat is they don't understand that that person is never going to be the same. And yeah. now it's it's a matter of learning who that person is now and accepting who that person is now. Yeah. And, you know, my my husband to this day, he still grieves for the person that he used to be. And yeah. I tell him all the I tell him all the time, you know, that person is gone. That person died in Iraq, and now you are completely different. And you just have to find out who you are now. Yeah. Well, but it seems I, like if, if he I, wants to try to help people, eventually that is a good way to finding his yeah. new self. You know, yeah. I think you've done a lot more with this book than you think. Because being in this business for so long, once you have that book, you you have something to go out with, not just you know saying that I I live with somebody that has this. You have written it down and your trials and tribulations of what you've gone through. I mean that's how I see yeah. this. And Angela, I I want to thank you, Angela, for you know introducing me to Peggy because you know I had no idea that people. I, I'm shocked. I really more than anything else that. There isn't, you know, that a lot of people don't know about this. This is, you know, and that's why the book, and I really do think you're going to do well with the book, and there are a lot of avenues for you to go with, I think. Well, part of it is also even the people that are aware of it, a lot of them don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit that it's a problem because then they have to address it. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but eventually, so, one way or another, it goes, you know, one way or another, either they stay in the marriage or, or they leave the marriage or whatever, but they still have to deal with it one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? So there comes yeah. that time, and Peggy, you were there. You have to go one way or the other. Yeah. You could go the other you, way, and some, you know, and yeah. people do, but not you. Yeah, I, I was. I was just going to say, one way or another, you're going to deal with it, whether you want to or not. Yeah. Because it'll get to the Well, no, I meant the people that aren't actually affected by it. No, I know that. I know that. But I'm saying that because by opening up and maybe people paying attention to this, it could help a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's a, uh, you know, look, if you help five people, then you've done a great thing. Five people would have never had this help. And I'm sure that you will help more because I think what you wrote in your book is very much what a lot of people are living with and don't realize. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is. No, it's not sugarcoated. No, it's not. You've opened up a lot. It's very difficult at first while you're learning 
who the new person is and learning how to live with that new person. But I guarantee if you just stick with it, it gets better. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're coming I, I from love, a place where you know that. Yeah, I love now, my husband with everything I've got, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for him. But, you know, like I said, and like you said, I have bad days. Please believe. Right, I'm sure you do. When, right. <laughs> I have bad days when I am fed up with PTSD, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't last. It does not last. Yes, and that's, that's when a, she calls me, and we talk for a while. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good, you know, I mean, because that's why, you know, you need to talk about this, because it's important for you also. How does your husband feel about the book? Oh, he he doesn't mind at all, because as okay. I was writing it, as I was writing, I was asking him, do you want to read what I've got so far? And he said, no, no, I'll read it when you're finished. And when I was finished, he read it, and I said, well, what do you think? And he said, people need to know the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. People need well, to know the truth. Well, okay, so that's a good thing. So that means that you have described it in an adequate way, or above adequate probably, because he didn't say anything. He didn't say cut this out or don't say this. No. So he lets you put it all in, in his mind. I mean, you were going to do it anyway, but I mean, you know, without – you know, because you don't want to, you know, argue about this. I, That's why I want to know what he thought. Oh, he, he gave me his blessing to open our, open our lives, you know, right. to open our lives. And well, I think from what you're saying, know. I think he's, he's, he's coming to a point in his life. By you doing the book now, I think you've done him a great service because I think that maybe that people that, he knew and loved before maybe once they read the book if they read the book will understand what you're going through and maybe say you know what i shouldn't have been so hard on him and her yeah yeah Yeah. you know uh and that in itself to me sounds like a really good path to be on I think you've done a really good job with this i really do and i think that you haven't begun to see how much help you really will do well, I you're just, hope you're so just starting. You're just starting. I hope so. I think because you will. Like I, I've predicted that uh, the day is when the country is going to be overwhelmed with people yeah. that have PTSD because of one reason or another. Yeah. But then and, to recognize uh, it would be, yeah, and to recognize it. I do think, though, they do have, you know, which I mentioned before, the Fisher House and places like that. And so when you look that up online, I think when you start looking up those, you know, or the places like that, that, you know, th- that would be good places for you to begin to try to talk about your book and maybe finding some groups for you. Mm-hmm. And that will help everybody, including you. You yeah, know, and because by, by writing this book, it the, seems like your marriage is a very strong one, and how you know emotional this is, and that he said it was, you know, he was okay with the book is everything. Yeah, because honestly, I feel like if I had not opened up and started writing and talking and so on, I don't think we would have lasted. Yeah. All right. Because well, then that, if, so then it you, helps. Right. Right. It's, so yeah, I think that's a good thing. All, if you keep all of that bottled up inside, 
Yeah, eventually something. No. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I couldn't do what you've done, Peggy. Well. Well, sometimes sometimes you do things where you don't know that you get that strength. You know, I mean, sometimes you get an inner strength that just makes you you're strong. And you are very yeah. strong. You're exceptional. Were you a, were you strong when you were a child, like a strong willed to be able to go on? <laughs> so I, I think you so have to be. You so were. So I'm very stubborn. Well, maybe you know I'm getting to strong. know you here here. I think strong, yeah. though. Strong woman is, there's nothing wrong with being a strong woman. And um, yeah, that's what you are. I because am, you put your life, how I many women would put will. their life out on, a, you know, you put it out there. Everything. You didn't, no holes barred. Well, like I said, you know, if if we don't start talking about it, then yes. it's just going to cause nothing but destruction. You know, and and and, the, and, and the divorce. right, and I mentioned to you when we talked. You know, if the director would like to come on the show with you, or you know, by themselves or whatever, to talk with this documentary and to talk about the documentary, I will be happy to have them on, because I do think sure. this is a subject that needs to be talked about more, and hopefully I'll the documentary will be out sooner than later. You know. And I do appreciate you coming on. You know, it, I know this is hard for you to do, and, you know, I I think it's important, and I think that, you know, Angela was right in bringing it up because I think, you know, she actually brought it up to the right person because I absolutely think this is something people know should know about and um, that it also doesn't happen just because you were in the military. So I think maybe people, after listening to this, they, they will recognize that maybe somebody else is having something that they don't know. Oh, mm-hmm. crap. Are you going to make me talk about that, Marsha? <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> like what? Well, because, for for instance, you know, um, given that it's, I know that it is mainly people in the book world that listen to this show, I can be frank about it. You know, my husband... Um, him being a paramedic, he has PTSD. Oh, you know, yeah. it's it's not just limited to the military, right? You know, and he's been, right, he's and, been and a paramedic right. and for thirty-five see, years, right? All right, so then, see, there you go, and that's really important for people to realize that this is, you know, and right, and I I do know somebody that has it, and they weren't in the military; they just had a horrible experience that had happened to them, and that's why that you need your friends and you need people to just understand what that is. Because a lot of times people do isolate themselves when they have things like this because when they're with people, they'll be either arguing or not talking and the people won't understand why. Not the person that has it, the other people. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I I mentioned to Peggy that Facebook was maybe not exactly the place to, uh, you know, expose all of this because it is about books, Facebook now. But hopefully, you know, I mean, I do shows on a lot of different subjects because, you know, it isn't only about, you know, um, fiction. There's so many nonfiction subjects that should be out there. We have a lot of things out there that need to be talked about. And that's why I have a lot of shows with this. And so I'm happy to have you anytime you want, Peggy. And uh, the documentary, you know, director, I'll be really happy to have that, you know, uh, person on the show. If, if I remember correctly, I think her name is Stephanie Howard. But uh, like I said, I'll get a hold of her. And, yeah, uh, okay. 
see what she thinks about it. And yeah, because I have uh, Randall Dark and I. He's a director, and he's he's uh, directs a lot of different films. And uh, we are having somebody, a woman from Canada. Uh, she'll be on after the first of the year, and we will be talking about, uh, you know, her brother has a muscle disorder and um, severe. And I think we'll be talking mm. about that right after the first of the year because you know I think people need to hear about these things. It's it's you know yeah. this is our world. It's not just fantasy. This is reality. Mm-hmm. And reality, yeah, unfortunately, true. that's why a lot of people don't want to hear about it and they don't want to read about it unless they're actually going through it because yeah. everybody wants to escape their reality. Right, but sometimes yeah. in life you just have to, uh, you know, open your open yourself to other people's needs, and that's what that's what this show is. You know, it's a good story. It's a good story regardless of what it is. It's a story about life. That's what you're, and that's what you're living now. You're living your life, but you are living it in a difficult way. And mm-hmm. it seems to me that once you start getting out there, I do feel for you that it will be very beneficial for you to have people to talk to that are going through this, and that will help you to feel better. I think. Oh yeah, I, I. Well, I wouldn't say I love talking about it, but I don't mind talking about it. Because but you probably wouldn't be more... talking about only that. You'd be talking about other things, and you'd have some people to share things with that, uh, you know, have a life like yours. Because yeah. it's not the ordinary life. The more I help people, the more it helps me. Right, exactly. That's what I so. think. So I appreciate both yeah. of you coming on. And um, I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy holiday season because uh, I, I should—I did say I'm not going to wish everybody that Tuesday, but now I'm on again. So uh, it's Friday, <laughs> so we'll see if I can. You know, I do like doing a lot of these different shows because I really do like people to hear about these things. I think it's important. If I think it's important, you know, I'm hopefully people will pass it on and share, you know, and that's why I will – share some sites with you. I will look myself because I think I gave you, you know, some of the sites to use. And um, and then maybe you'll come on one of the, if I if we do a book on, on writing because, you know, this is not an easy thing to do is write, you know, and put it in an order that people can understand it. And that's why you need an mm-hmm. editor. And there she is, right? She's on the yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> she didn't know, Angela, what would happen in life. See, I don't think anybody knows what they'll end up doing. No. If you had told me 10 years ago where I would be today, I probably would have laughed. Yeah. Because there was a time, there was a time when I was engrossed in my own little world, and if it didn't happen to me, then what do I care? And now... My world is all about somebody else. Yeah. So well, I, I was always—I always, I I always worked for doctors and hospitals, so I was in that. You know, I, I always did that along with everything else I did, and I and I did. I was in a lot of uh, charitable groups, and I was president of a cancer group. Yeah, I—I've always felt that it's important to get the you know word out, and there are so many charities now, so it is hard for people to you know donate a lot of times. You know. Um, to different groups, but by, you know, by buying a book or by, you know, learning another subject, I do think that's a good idea for people to do every now and then if it's a really important subject, which this is. And so I do wish you all the luck, and please call me if you need any information. I will be happy to help you. 
Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having and me. And are there, are there any last words? You, uh, Peggy, do you want to give your website so they can find your book? Um, it's on Amazon. I mentioned that. Yeah, it's on Amazon under my name, Peggy Griswold, or uh, just look up the title, No One Gets Left Behind. Yeah, it comes um, up under your name, so that it's easy. It does come up under your name. Okay. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, and um, my email is printed in the book, so I don't mind giving it out. It's uh, dr, as in doctor, and scooby, like the dog, 68, at yahoo.com. Okay, that's good. And Angela, want want to give you a review site? Um, Mine is addicted to reviews, spelled out, dot wordpress.com. And you're busy doing reviews, I know that. Um, actually, I to a point, I've taken a, bre- a break from reviews because I've oh. had so, many, so much editing coming in. Okay, so are you so you're doing more editing now than you were originally? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, editing um, is hard. You know, yeah, everybody needs that. That's for sure. You know, but at the <laughs> same time, it leads me to fantastic people like Peggy. You know, it yeah. was actually. You know, it was actually really, really odd the way she and I even ended up with each other. She Um, approached me. I I did. She approached me. Um, You know, because because I was was actually talking to another author that I was working with at the time, and her her husband also had combat PTSD, and. you know, and so I was usually as I don't know for most editors, but usually I end up being editor slash therapist at least during the course of the book. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and so you know, she she was just not in a good place at that moment, and so we, you know, I was trying to cheer her up, and we actually got to talking about um, cover models that we thought were attractive, and she had mentioned this one particular cover model, Michael Joseph. And um, so I had never heard of him, so I went to go look him up. And it just so happened that he had just now done the cover for No One Gets Left Behind. And so that's what networking is, right? That's what we're called, World yes. of Ink Network. World of Ink Network. And, and that's how yeah, I meet, I've, so I've met I had, so many wonderful, I really have. I've met wonderful people, people I never would have met. You know, and that's, I always say that on the show. I, I have met tons of people that I never would have met ever because we all live in different areas. We're in different states. So, you know, you you don't meet, but you become friends. And and not just friends on Facebook, you're friend friends, you know, like talking on the phone friends, you know, which is uh, so much better than just Facebook friends because, you know, sometimes you need to talk other than online, you know. I, there is another yeah, world usually- out there. Usually now, you know, after after doing Peggy's book, we we usually talk almost every day. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Well, that's we've, good. It's a good friendship. Become, yeah, we've become pretty good friends. But she approached me and said, you know, thank you so much for writing this book. Um, you know, I want to help you with this book. And then she offered to do the editing for it because I told her that nobody edited the book and uh, she's just she's been a huge huge help that's great see that's good see that's how it is you pay it forward it works i think it does yeah 
but uh, Michael has been a huge help too, and huh? he is a really he's a really great guy. Um, I paid him to do the cover, of course, but he wanted to do the cover because yeah. he's a veteran himself. Oh, and great. he he doesn't have PTSD, but he is a veteran. And so he, he so he, he has, does he have a website? Does he have a website or? How do you find? Um, yes, how do he's, people? He's on he's on Facebook okay. under Michael Joseph, and okay. he also has a page for his modeling. Okay. All right. All right. Good to know. To I write. I, I always write notes, <laughs> and I, and I do and I do reach people. I do reach people. Yes, I do. You know, because if I see somebody, you know, a lot of times if they don't, you know, if I see somebody, I go like, I think this would be good to, you know, for a show, because I, you know, I mean, I if I'm interested in it, hopefully other people will be, because it's out. Yeah. You know, once you do a show, you get the link, and it, it's on forever. As long as Blog Talk, I mean, all my seven years of shows have been on. Um, they're out there, you know, and they don't go anywhere. So it's a good thing to have. You know, um, his Michael Joseph's page is actually under Michael Inked Model. Michael. Yeah, he's... yeah. What was that? Michael Inked. Inked. I N K E D. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh huh. Model. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has a lot of tattoos. So. Yeah, he's okay. he's fantastic though. Okay. Yeah. Well, so does Adam Levine, right? From The Voice. Who cares, right? <laughs> yeah, this is like the older, the older, more mature version of Adam Levine. Yeah, I, I love how Adam Levine says he goes, "Oh, Jewish people don't have tattoos." That's not true. <laughs> he has them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was Jewish. Yes, he is. He is. He is. He said that. Wow. He has said that on his show. He has said that on The Voice. It wasn't like I made that up. No, he has mentioned. Well, that you learn something times. new every day. <laughs> right. I know. I, I know. All right. So anyway, all right. Everybody have a healthy, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a happy New Year. And I'll be happy to have you on any time you want. Just let me know, and either of you are welcome anytime. Well, thank you. Thank you, doll. Thank you. And good luck with the back. book. And I will, I will, I will give you some links, okay? That okay. when I, you know, when I see, so I will send some links okay. to uh, Peggy, so she can see, you know, if I see things about this. You know, I'm big right. in search. Thank you so I much. search a lot of things, <laughs> searching constantly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Good night, everybody. It's it's dark here already. It's four o'clock, and it's dark. It's, it's dark. Well, you're Eastern, so it's really dark there, right? Um, well, it's getting it's, there. Where I'm at, it's kind of dusk. It's, yeah, it's going to get dark yeah. soon. Yeah, you're on Central, like I am. I know, but you're Eastern, so it's probably dark, it's, right? No, it's actually still like dusk here too. Really? Oh, really? Oh, so you don't get it? You don't, So at 5 o'clock, you're not completely, it's not completely, like, night? No, even though it was crazy, I went to Alabama um, during Thanksgiving, and then at, like, 5 o'clock, it was, like, pitch black outside. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is here. And from now on, see, right after Christmas, I start looking for the time that it gets dark because then it gets a little lighter, like, every minute or so, and I watch because I really don't like it getting dark early. 
<laughs> so I I look and I go like, oh, and then finally when it's like, you know, end of January, February, I say, great, <laughs> it's getting lighter. So I know because it really is hard at 4 o'clock because so the day is so fast then. At 4 o'clock for it to get really dark or, you know, 4.30. Yeah. So, you know, I like, well, I'm a, I'm a Leo, and I like sunshine, so <laughs> that's <laughs> that's one thing. All right, there we go. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank Bye, you. Peggy. Thank you. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.